Hello, everybody. I'm Kevin Tracy. I'm Samantha Tomlinson. And joining us this time for our very special episode that I've been looking forward to for months is our good friend, Aaron Silva. Hey, guys. Happy to be here. Aaron was with us for Space Jam. And uh, I remember when we first, like, started this, I had said to Kevin, I had literally said to you, like, we should bring on Aaron. And I said, what movie? But prior, before Space Jam, I said, like, what movie? And you were like, oh, you knew exactly what movie you wanted to bring him I, on. I knew exactly what movie. I, I had originally planned for all of us to get together in March um, and watch all three Starship Troopers movies and just kind of do, like, a mix-mash review of the whole trilogy. But because of COVID, those plans eventually fell through. Um, so we're just going to stick with the first movie review, um, which is still really fun. I still very much enjoy this movie, and I cannot wait to hear your guys' opinions on this. Because I know you haven't seen this before, Sam, and I know you've only seen this once before, Aaron. How many times um, have you seen this? <laughs> oh, multiple no. times. Oh, boy. Uh, is this like Godzilla? <laughs> oh, Oh boy, this is gonna be fun. Because yeah, <laughs> I, I was right gonna say it, shall we? this is the only uh, this is the only one that got released in theaters, right? All the rest were like direct to DVD. Uh, the Starship Troopers movies, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I believe this one and one of the animated movies had one of the animated movies had a limited theatrical release, but yeah, this is like the main one that had uh, theatrical release. The other live action ones were straight to DVD. And for good reason, but we'll get to that later. I mean, that's <laughs> okay. based on this cast. You got, uh, well, Denise Richards, uh, Neil Patrick Harris, uh, Clancy yeah, Brown. Van um, that's all I know. God, oh, Neil, Neil is such a baby every, in this yeah. movie. I love it. He's so everyone small. Else, everyone else was just like, oh, yeah, I've seen this person on this or this. Like, bit parts on, like, TV or whatever. Yeah. Um, but most of them, I didn't really know. Oh, like the, you know, the the white, obvious major white friend. That's Jake Busey. That's Gary yep. Busey's son. He was in, yep. more recently, he was in season three of Stranger Things. And I remember thinking, this is a horrifying man. What is up with this guy? <laughs> and we all learned wait, it was wait, Jake, wait. Um, Gary uh, What was son. his name? The, the like redheaded friend of, of Rico is in Stranger Things? No, no, the the no the um white guy, the super blonde, like triangle, creepy smile. The the guy who gets his hand stabbed yeah. by Clancy Brown. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I don't remember him Stranger Things, but then again, it's been forever. It was since season that, three. But, uh, it was he was one of the asshole like reporters at the paper that. Uh, okay. Oh, yeah, he yeah. totally is. Yeah, he's the the like major antagonistic uh, reporter who Nancy. Uh, well, no spoilers, but it uh, doesn't end yeah. well for him. He's a dick. Um, He's a dick. That came, that came out season three of that show came out like almost two years ago. You're fine. No, it came out like wait, two years? Oh my god! Really? Yeah. I thought it was wait. It's, I thought it was yeah, no, it was, no, it was last year. I thought it was it was a year ago. Oh, uh, okay. Eh. I'm like two years. I'm like wow, <laughs> it's been. It feels like two years. <laughs> no, yeah, this, this year oh. definitely feels like multiple years have gone by. Yeah. Um. So, kind of jumping into this, um, Starship Troopers is based off of a old uh, 1951 novel by based on the same uh, title, and the it's kind of funny because this movie, uh, directed by Paul Verhoeven, who uh, is probably more famously known for directing RoboCop, 
kind of made this movie a bit more of a satire than uh, the original source material because the original source material uh, had a little bit more, I, I guess I want to say nuances because it came out uh, during the time of the Cold War. So it didn't really glorify war as much as it did in this movie. Holy um, shit, yeah. Yeah, from what so, I can yeah. understand, <laughs> it was a mainly like, it was an almost philosophical text in debating the pros and cons of this specific society that he outlines. Uh, and in the yes. movie, they definitely take a much more satirical approach to his uh, his ideas. So it's a book? Yeah, this, this is originally a book. Um, so Aaron, have you read it? Uh, no, I have not read it. I've read about it, but I haven't read it. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, it, it is. I read a bit of it a long time ago, but um, the, the main storyline is uh, very similar to this, but it, it kind of plays, uh, reads a bit more of like a first person narrative memoir of uh, from the perspective of Johnny Rico, who is the main character from the movie as well. Uh, his kind of uh, journey throughout the bug war, uh, kind of flashing back to how he like originally kind of joined up because the bugs in the book as well also wiped out Buenos Aires. And that that's as far as similarities between the book and the movie go, that's more or less all the similarities. There's like a couple like same of the same characters, but this one, the, the book kind of goes a bit more into like philosophical debates between Johnny Rico and like his commanding officers over all, a lot of widespread topics going from voter rights to capital punishment to patriotism. And this one just has a very much tongue in cheek look on, Hey, this is what it would look like if the world was run by a fascist organization. Okay. Um, this, so I have not, I, I obviously knew, I knew the name Starship Troopers cause you bring it up every once in a while. I, yes, I, yes. for good reason. <laughs> um, I not obviously read the book. I, the only, my only knowledge of it prior to you bringing it up was I had seen the Star Kid parody musical of it, which I will <laughs> oh say my God. it is significantly better than the movie, but also it's, I thought it was way more fun and it's hilarious. How dare you? But also <laughs> I will say watching the movie now, I'm like, oh, this person's supposed to be that person. Like there's not like direct, like there's no Rico, there's no there's no straight like, oh, that character is from the movie. It's just like there are certain characters that are inspired by characters in the movie. So we kind of cleared that up. But I mean, it wasn't a, okay. it wasn't like like there's a <laughs> character who is a, from like a farm planet and it's called Farm Planet. <laughs> like they're just you know, uh, yes. like Farm Planet. <laughs> like when they make fun of there's that one guy they make fun of like, oh, what are you like on Farm Planet? Like they and that's obviously not what he's from but they're just like making fun. so but like it's it's making fun of the movie but um i i mean in, in, the, in the third starship troopers they do kind of make fun of like uh some of the locals because on one of the planets they're fighting on is literally just a farming planet and all the locals there is like oh you fucking soldiers bringing your war here it's like we didn't bring it here <laughs> we're just fighting <laughs> it uh yeah this movie i will say i did watch it i started it like a week ago and then I went out of town. But what I have noticed <laughs> is that when I would be watching, I'd be kind of into it. And then I'd pause it for some reason. And I would not really want to go back. It, it wasn't as engaging as I was hoping. Um, 
I'm here's the thing, Kevin. You, <laughs> we talked Godzilla, and you have a very intense hate, re- love, love hate relationship with that movie. Yeah, and honestly, I thought that movie yeah. was way more fun than this one. <laughs> well, Starship Troopers is not a super fun movie, although it's funny because, no. like, I feel like it was advertised as like a super fun, like Star Wars knockoff type movie. But honestly, what the, is Star Trek? I found honestly. it. Yeah, I found it interesting, but not particularly fun. No, I agree. I, 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 I'm kind of on the opposite boat of you guys. I find this movie very, uh, very entertaining. It's just, I, I will admit the first act is kind of a chore to get through because it's very much a like a teen love triangle drama of like, oh, I'm gonna join because Carmen's joining, but. Xander is trying to uh, like hook up with my girlfriend. Oh, that dig! It's just it's it's very much a chore to get through. But at the same time, after you kind of get that initial setup and them all joining in the second act and their relationship still kind of like showing up, you do kind of get invested and you root for them. And it is like it's very entertaining to watch especially when they do eventually start fighting in the bug war against the arachnids and also the arachnids just look fucking awesome they look so good for the year i every time i was watching it i remember i was watching the bit towards the end where the um the the brain bug gets its little thing sliced off um yeah and it rears it's yeah it rears back and it slams into the ground and you can see like the the like dust from the ground popping up and the foley track is really good and it really feels like this heavy weight like it's really there and and heavy and and in that space and that's like really good when you look at other like cgi at the time they clearly put a lot of effort into making the bugs feel real and feel there even if the actors don't always know where the bug's supposed to be uh, yeah, and I, I, I'm glad you brought that up because I actually did a fair amount of research for this episode uh, on this movie. Um, it turns out that ILM did the special effects uh, for this movie. Oh, well, there they you spent go. Over a, they spent over a year modeling the ships, the buildings, and all the bug effects around all the actual physical models for the bugs. Because there were several times where there is an actual bug model like swing like the troopers around and the transition between cgi and uh like live action it's like a quick like like uh in the the first invasion um of clandatha when you see like the reporter getting swung around by the bug it first shows up as a cg bug then the camera like like quickly pans away because like the the cameraman is like you know, he's like trying to run away and then it jump cuts to, or then it quickly pans back to the reporter being lifted in the air by an actual real bug. And that transition is so seamless that you almost don't notice it. And there's several moments like that throughout the movie. Yeah. I didn't notice that at all. Are, yeah. Yeah. It, it just, it was really cool how they were able to do like really quick, like transitions and uh, like very seamless cuts of, from between CGI and live action because the bug models look fantastic. I love the design of the arachnids in this. It's wildly creative and we haven't really seen anything like this before. No, it's, it's really cool. I love their design. Um, I think that the C again, they put, they obviously put a ton of effort into the CGI for the bugs. Cause they knew that it was important that the bugs be scary and be a threat in the movie. Like they have to, to look good for the movie to succeed. And they did that very well. Yeah. It's all the CGI when it's not the bugs 
that I feel like it yeah it sort of fails a little bit like the the little <laughs> the little jump at the um at the beginning of the movie when he's like jumping over the the guy trying to tackle him and he does a flip oh, the, in the, the, the air sports ball thing <laughs> yeah and the, and the flip is just way too fast for a normal person to flip which is why you're it's easy to tell that it's it's not real but I'm like why yeah. didn't you just wire him for that it would have been a lot easier <laughs> and looked more realistic I know it's just I, I thought that scene was just hilarious to watch because it's just like, what are they even playing? This clearly isn't football. They get slammed on that ground. That's not going to be comfortable. That's just a like a very thin mat covering a concrete floor. Oh, you're going to break something, dude. At school. <laughs> yeah, okay. they're, where they're playing like the the. It's future rugby, yeah. Kevin. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're supposed to break bones. So, first, <laughs> yeah, Kevin, it's funny because I'll be honest the first act I was probably the most invested in. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I'm right there oh, with okay. you. I just, I don't know. Wow, we, we are yeah. polar opposites for this movie. <laughs> you said you were so, I'm like, oh boy. But yeah, that was the only part. I think it was because I thought the story was going to go in a different way and it didn't. Yeah, it was kind of high school, but I also just, I didn't, whatever. It was the setup. Um, but yeah, I was more surprised for me okay, I can get on board that this is like a very, a futuristic world and like the galaxy is treated kind of like a country in a sense, you know, like I can get on board with all of that. I think it was just all of the mundane stuff that wasn't explained well. Like in the beginning, I'm like, are they in high school or are they in college? And then- They're in high school. Yeah, and I figured that out later, but then, okay, they're checking to see- their uh, math final and Rico got like a 35 and later he's saying he's thinking about joining the like uh is it in what was it called the mobile infantry and yeah well he's, he's thinking about becoming a citizen. Uh, joining the yeah becoming a citizen which requires at least two years of service within whatever field you qualify for and since his math score was so low he qualified for mobile infantry which is basically just grunt work okay but that yeah. thing was his he was telling his parents he's thinking about this and his dad's like, what? No, you're going to Harvard. I'm like, really? You got that slow score, low of a score on like your math test. How are you getting? Well, we saw he was good at sports. He could have gotten into Harvard on a, on a sports scholarship. But also that was the other thing was it's they're they're taking their finals and they're basically like they graduated and they then had a football type game. I'm like, that's usually in the fall. Why is it also it's indoors. And then they went to a dance and then they were just out of school. I just, the Sam, are you trying to tell me that, you know what the regular season for future rugby looks like? I don't, (laughs) I don't. (laughs) I mean, I mean, who's your favorite fantasy sports ball team? Come on. (laughs) Uh, Chase McBall and hole. I don't, I don't know. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that sounds like something out of Caddyshack. Oh my god! <laughs> Jesus. All right. Okay. Um, uh, to get back so, on track. So, so moving here, on. What I, what I was going to say um, about the the first the reason I really like the first act of the movie is because because of the way the book's written. I think in that he spends so much time establishing this society. In the movies, we really feel like this society, like the world is built, right? It feels like a real world that exists. Yeah. You have all these interesting little tidbits that pop up in those, you know, like propaganda. Would you like to know more? Like bits. I I absolutely love the propaganda pieces in this movie. And uh, I'll, I'll let you continue, but I I, I got a, a fun, some fun facts about that. Okay. Yeah. 
So no, go ahead. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, we'll we'll, yeah. Get, we'll get back to that in a second. So, um, <laughs> so I liked that you know you have these people who are like maybe maybe not psychic and like that's a whole thing. And of course they have the mobile infantry and the pilots, and you can clearly tell like this is like a strict fascist society just from the beginning. Um, but yeah, like it's interesting because at the start of the movie, it's not readily apparent where this movie is going to go and it's only after the whole asteroid incident happens where you go oh i can pretty much tell you how the whole rest of this movie is gonna go um yeah which is why it got a little less interesting for me after that happened i still (laughs) enjoyed it because it's like spectacle at that point and who doesn't like spectacle but exactly yeah after that point i was sort of like oh we're done with like the the interesting stuff of talking about the world and like and like how this society actually low-key really sucks and everybody dies, but our main characters lived, so join up today, everybody. <laughs> yeah. So they're living in Buenos uh, Aires? So, so, yeah, so so Sam, <laughs> I, I kind of wanted to ask you a, a question about this movie. Okay. Did you kind of pick up on like the kind of like the fascist kind of themes that this movie was kind of given off? Did did that did that kind of like resonate with you or did you kind of like pick up on that at all? Um, I mean it was a very obviously mil- militarized world. Like, I got that much. Um, okay. Like, yeah, the propaganda stuff, I did think that was an interesting touch, but every time I would see it, it kind of made me think how you told me you saw a review where they said this is either uh, a good movie trying to be dumb or a, a smart movie trying to be dumb, or a dumb movie trying to be smart. <laughs> yeah, and I felt that's a very like, apt description. And I felt that, like... The, it is like the most brilliant description of this movie I can come up with, I'm, or yeah. I've ever heard. Yeah, because, and I'm like, that's so true, because the propaganda, I think it was that, if this was a better, I just felt like it had all of, it was trying to be clever, in, and it didn't come off the way it was supposed to. I feel like it wasn't to the success that obviously it could have been. And so the, I don't think the whole fascist thing, I don't think I really thought that much of, uh, I was, it was definitely very clear that the world was a very militarized like place. So I got, I got that much. Uh, but I think I was just so like, so the war hadn't started yet. There were just, there's these bugs out there that, yeah, so the the way that this movie kind of portrays itself is it is very much a pro-fascist organization and um kind of kind of going back to the propaganda pieces um I actually found out that Paul Verhoeven uh directly um mimicked a lot of the propaganda pieces from like propaganda used by the nazis in world war ii of like why we fight and uh it's like same font and everything it was just very much a way to rile the masses against fighting an enemy that they deemed as inhuman and the way that they kind of mimicked uh this movie between like humans versus bugs they pretty much like light this movie up in a very pro genocide way like they even ha- make it like a competition between the races like uh when, when you see the skate marshal like announce his uh invasion plan it's like uh he pretty much says something along the lines of uh human not insect will rule this galaxy now and forever 
Americans. Like, not necessarily like, oh, we're going to avenge what happened in Buenos Aires. No, we're just going to wipe out all of the bugs and make sure that we are dominant in this galaxy. Well, and, and you have the, the classic line in this. You have the yeah. bug scientist on TV who's talking about like, hey, maybe, you know, these bugs are smart. And you have that other guy who's like, hey, maybe these bugs like are reacting to something that we did and that we should probably look at. And basically the main characters of the movie and everybody else in the movie basically says, no, bug bad, exterminate. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No. It, yeah. Every every time, like the idea, like any kind of like idea of like peace or like bug intelligence is brought up, that like, hey, maybe there is a way for peace. The movie is immediately shot down. Like the movie shoots that idea down immediately with like passion, rage, raw emotion, rather than logical thinking. It's like it's like, oh, maybe we there's like a hive mind, like some some kind of like hive cast of bug that we've never seen and it's like frankly i think the idea of a bug that thinks offensive like that whole like tucker carlson like fox news segment uh propaganda piece which i thought was hilarious and yeah no every time they even think about going about this in some kind of logical manner it's just immediately like pulled back down with like some like raw emotions like i say we kill them all they wiped out buenos aires the only good bug's a dead bug it's just Everyone focuses on the raw emotion of this, which I think was the intention of the Federation because the idea, the fact that they had an invasion plan set up so fast after Buenos Aires makes me think that this po- there's a popular fan theory that they allowed Buenos Aires to happen or that Buenos Aires was an inside job because they never fully explain how the bugs were able to launch asteroids across the galaxy well, with that exactly yes. on, on one oh, hand yes. they show the the big asteroid right that almost kills um uh carmen on her ship right so we we do see that 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 happens yeah. and it's implied that that's the asteroid that ends up destroying buenos aires but on the other hand yes. a point i'd like to bring up is the asteroid that passes them is clearly not moving at light speed and it shows exactly. the galaxy map of where the planet is and where earth is that course, that trajectory, even at light speed, would take millions of years for that asteroid to get there. So I uh, exactly I thought that was kind of funny. Yeah, and and also I I the galaxy map it's pretty much both planets, Earth and Clendathur, the arachnid homeworld, are on completely opposite sides of the galaxy. So and like it's it's like a like point A to point B, like there is a straight line across this galaxy. So that would mean that the asteroid, in order to hit it, it would have to maneuver around multiple planets and celestial bodies and all the gravitational like forces around those like objects in space. There is no way that that meteor would be able to travel in a perfectly straight line from point A to point B without interfering with something in between. I mean, you should, or just not even making it there. You could argue that like the intention of that is, Oh, Buenos Aires is an inside job or, you know, they were using this as an excuse to go to war. But I think the more logical assumption, I I think that's honestly giving the movie too too much credit. I think the more logical assumption is um, (laughs) they wanted this disaster to happen. So they made it happen. And now we're at the, right? Like I don't, I don't see this movie as being that smart. <laughs> well, I, 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 I okay. Well, I, I do want to. I agree. I I would like to counter that with with a, another uh, uh, point, if I may. Sure. No. 
Okay. It- <laughs> oh my god. Okay. <laughs> All right, fine. <laughs> All right. Not fine. allowed. No I'll fan fiction here, Kevin. <laughs> yeah. Uh no. Um do, do you remember the uh earlier uh, propaganda pieces in the uh beginning of the movie where they first kind of like explain the arachnids like every school kid knows that an arachnid is dangerous and they it shows that like a couple scientists like releasing a cow into a cage with right. an arachnid and and it and specifically, they show this cow being devoured, but there's a huge sensor bar over the cow because it's, you know, that's a very gruesome scene. They, they don't want to show specifically that, like, inhumane treatment of an animal, right? So that, uh-huh. that's kind of a weird thing to censor. Um, but, like, immediately after that, they show a human colony that was completely wiped out by arachnids. And they show all the dead bodies there, and they don't censor anything. And that, I think, is more gruesome than the uh, attack on the uh, cow. But why didn't they censor uh, all these human dead bodies? Because the Federation was trying to rile the masses into a preemptive fight with the arachnids. They're trying to raise the tension to a boiling point where everyone needs to kill the arachnids because they killed all these humans. I mean, I think it's very important that for any fascist society that they establish an other um, that needs to yes. be destroyed. That said, the arachnids work very well as a uh, proverbial boogeyman. It, it doesn't necessarily imply that they were gearing up to go to war with them. Also, um, I, f- I do think it's funny that they they don't show off like, or they, they always show off like graphic imagery on their television they even um in one of the like would you like to know more segments they talk about the execution tonight at six on all channels yeah (laughs) all that all channels live (laughs) yeah so like i I think there's arguments there kevin but i i don't think that there's enough information deliberately put across in the movie to make that argument if that's like what you wanted to believe there's no information that disputes that and if that improves the movie yeah. for you, then I think that that's fine. But I, I just, I don't see this movie as one that deliberately or uh, attempted to um, show that as being a thing. I yeah. felt like, but yeah, it, it, yeah. No, no, go <laughs> I ahead. I was going to say, I kind of, I kind of agree. I like, I think that's a really, the idea of them letting Buenos Aires happen or that it was an inside job. I think those are really interesting theories. And, but I feel like, I just feel like, Based on this conversation and thinking about the movie, I felt like they were a lot of instances or just they were trying really hard to make a point and show this like fascist world where they didn't and they didn't develop the story or the characters enough. And for me, if all of those things were better, like collectively, then I would be like, that's a really interesting theory, because I do think that's a really interesting theory. But part of me is just kind of like that like you they they focus way more on the theories and the the world itself as opposed to the characters that are trying to keep us engaged into this world well and again i almost feel like that's on purpose because if it depends on how again it depends on how much credit you want to give to the movie because on one hand you could say yeah the acting is wooden and um 
It's not yeah. great in a lot of circumstances. Poor job on the actors. But on the other hand, you could say, hey, if this whole film is essentially supposed to be a propaganda film for the Federation, then it makes total sense that this character is a little wooden because and a little lacking depth because the whole point of this character is he's supposed to be a poster boy for the um you know, for the mobile Federation. infantry, he's supposed to be a poster boy for the Federation, as is the, you know, look, all our characters end up in really good places, despite the horrors that they've gone through. And those horrors are are never, the, the, the finger is never pointed at the Federation, except maybe once or twice in their initial attack on Klendathu, they point the finger at the Federation yeah. a little bit. But after that point, essentially everything is saying, no, it's the bug's fault. We need to get revenge. We need to do this. We need to do that. So is it because yeah. the movie is, uh, was shot badly or acted badly or is it, or is that intentional? Right. So it, Oh my God. I don't is think this it was best, super intentional, but is this the best movie ever? What the hell? I don't <laughs> understand. Is this a good movie? I, Oh my god! Sam, Sam is now hit a breaking point. Because <laughs> this, I, this is what I've been hoping for. I, again, I just was like, it's like a war movie that, and I, it wasn't even like, I, I just didn't, I, I don't know, I just wasn't as, I wasn't that engaged in the story, and I didn't mind. Yeah. I didn't really hate any characters that I was like, like there were a couple times where someone got hurt, and I was like, no, like I didn't. I, I rooted for the characters. I just, it wasn't a story that I particularly cared about. For me, that was really yeah. what, why I wasn't fully invested. But I mean, yeah, and just, not every just... movie is going <laughs> to, is going to grab you. Right. Like, I definitely think that that's yeah. a failing in it is that it's characters aren't super interesting. So if you're in here for like, uh, you know, to watch insane character development or good writing, it's, it's not really a, <laughs> A great movie in that yeah. respect. You should watch like, Space Jam. Well, I'm, I, I, I pretty much like when I, I pretty much like recommended this movie, knowing full well that you wouldn't be like super on board with this, Sam, I don't because like, care. like, like <laughs> yeah, I, well, yeah. well, no, like, 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 I knew like this isn't like the movie like you would typically watch on your own. Like, this is like very much like not in your wheelhouse. It's it's a very graphic, gory, like action movie. With fascist themes, like hmm, yes, this screams Sam. I better recommend I, it. To I am her. not upset um, <laughs> that I don't think I wasted my time, and I'm not upset that I watched this movie or anything. Yeah, I think I'm more just frustrated because I thought it was either going to be significantly worse that it was like funny bad, or it was going to be like you know, it's not a great movie, but it's like a fun movie, and I just feel like it was yeah. kind of for me, uh. I felt like it was kind of blah. It was just very bland. But it, it is a long yeah, this movie. movie. Yeah, my God, yeah, it's so yeah, long. This movie, this movie is two hours and nine minutes long. Um, <laughs> so and, long. Yeah, but by God, do they make use of that time? I, uh, I, I think I, that they yeah. more or less because this is something that that really interested me watching it and knowing that there's a book written about it. Because when you write a book, oftentimes you spread out, right? You you tend to books allow you to really take a character uh, and develop them over multiple years of time. It's, it's a lot easier to do yeah. that in a book than in a movie in a movie. When you time skip a lot, it typically causes you to lose connection with your character. And that was a, something that I think I could level a criticism at this movie at because <laughs> it jumps time a lot it and did? it never indicates to you well, how much time has passed. Like, yeah. so, so, Let's let's actually kind of like um, focus a bit more on the characters since since you brought that up. Um, sure. 
what were what was because we, we've kind of been jumping around a lot with like the story and like the themes Let, let's kind of uh pinpoint like some of the uh characters themselves um so who who let's start with you sam who was kind of like your kind of like standout like character performance or like what were some like the characters that you kind of like gravitated towards i mean i liked rico but there was really no reason for me to not like rico i didn't really uh the thing is again yeah they were kind of wooden so rico was a a decent guy carmen was pretty decent uh what was the other girl's name the redhead girl dizzy Dizzy. she kind of in the beginning she kind of fluctuated whether she was going to be a character protagonist, a character antagonist, or, you know, what, like, um, I, 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 I will say this, I did want to bring this up, and there is a scene in this that I was thinking about for a while, because it gave me a lot <laughs> to think about. There's a scene where, uh, uh, Rico and his, like, infantry, whatever, they're all they're all showering together. And oh, I was just like, I'm so glad someone brought this and up. And I'm like, first of all, first of all, very shocked because there is, you're just, you're not seeing like, like uh, you're seeing boobs and butts. And I was just like, yeah. Um, first of all, in the, I was more surprised because in the military, I don't, haven't done research on it. I, I don't know the extent of it, but I do know, that sexual assault and like violence it was a huge issue in the military i don't know is how that a huge I, issue is. in the yes, military I, I assumed it still was i just i don't know enough about it but i do know it's an issue and so this just was like are you i was just really like this is not safe and this really bothered me and then i was realizing they're just having <laughs> a, a conversation like why did they all join the guys are not making any advances or comments towards the women. And then it started making me think I up and throughout this whole movie, there does seem to be a lot of, for the most part, unless it's like an asshole character, there's a lot of gender equality. Like the women and the men are all treated exactly the same. And I was very like, because when I first saw that scene, my first thought was, are you, are you shitting me? Is this, is this just a scene? So they have an excuse to show boobs. Like, I mean, uh, yes, I, that's, but yes. also they made a yeah. good use of it. And then I was yeah. like, um, and yeah. a, a fun fact, um, t- in order for like the actress to get comfortable with that, the director, uh, was also naked when filming that scene. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> that's funny. But I don't know how that yeah. helps anybody, but that's hilarious. <laughs> it's like, you know what? I'm not going to make you guys do anything I wouldn't do myself. So he's just like, just chilling in his director chair. It's like action. But like, I was first thinking this was just an excuse to show, like show nudity. And then I was thinking, yeah. or is this a really good example of showing gender equality? And I realized how like, yeah, there doesn't seem to be any issue of someone being a woman at all in this, in this world. And I thought yeah. that was really great. But I realized part of me thinks that that scene was still, I don't know, based on our conversation so far, at first I thought it was just an excuse to show it and it it could be looked at as this works or 
it yeah. works or this was done well and like it works and it was specifically meant to be this way but it's still coming off like see i mean it's, I, it's either yeah. a smart movie trying <laughs> I, I, to be dumb or a dumb movie trying yeah. to be smart like i i i, I yeah, I, I think that movie that 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 specific scene works for two ways. Is one, it as you were saying, Sam, it does kind of like show off like gender equality, and this movie also like shows multiple times like uh, race equality. Like there are like there's a um, uh, Ratchek's like second lieutenant, like his like lieutenant is a, a black woman, and she like doesn't take shit from anyone. Everyone follows her orders. She punches jake Busey and it's like oh sorry ma'am like he apologizes to her well i actually i I think there's an interesting point to be made with that because and this is actually when you started talking about the shower scene it it made me want to get into this um in the shower scene right they they all talk about why they joined the military and how some of them joined because they were bored farming and a lot of them right joined because they had to in order to do something else with their life right i'm going into politics so i have to be a part of the military i want to have kids which in this society uh you're more likely to be able to get a a permit i guess or whatever she was saying to have kids if you're in the military um so so yeah um basically the the way that this like uh, the government is set up is it's uh, divided amongst citizens who are people who have actively participated at least two years in federal service, which is what they are doing, and civilians who basically have like no that uh, they they have no like voting rights. They don't really have like any political rights or government rights um, directly at face value without doing some kind of like direct service to the federation. Um, and the way that this is kind of set up is it's a division of classes. And I think that's supposed to be like the kind of like their kind of like example of like gender or like racial inequality is because they don't really have that in this world because there's already like a divide amongst the classes of people. And uh, apparently they, they kind of explained this uh, a little bit in this movie, but they kind of touch uh, on it a bit more in the sequels and in the book, is that if you're a citizen, you're more likely to be uh, picked up for a uh, job over a civilian. You're you're allowed to get permits a lot more easily. And in this world, you need to have a permit in order to have a, uh, a license to vote, carry a firearm, or to have children, which is kind of a weird thing that the government regulates childbirth. I mean, Makes eyebrows at China. Yeah, um, I was going to think. I mean, yeah. China. <laughs> I, mean, I, say, yeah. I wasn't going to go there, but all right. Well, actually, I, I, um, I, I don't worry. I won't. I won't talk about China anymore. But I, I wanted to talk <laughs> about um, that. There's an interesting comparison to be made there with the fact that all of them have to join the military in order to do what they want to do, and the fact that in the United States, oftentimes it's a similar thing where you have a lack of opportunity that can be mitigated if you sign up for the military, right? If you can't afford to go to college, like one of the characters in that film, um, if you sign up for the military, it makes it a lot easier, right? So, and and what also kind of drew me to that conclusion is the Klendathu scene, which I'll go ahead and break that down a bit. So after Earth gets hit with the big asteroid that the uh, insectoids launched that may or may not have been an inside job, asteroids can't melt steel beams, um <laughs> but bug plasma can <laughs> so um the humans basically <laughs> decide to go on some big shock and awe campaign to fly straight to the bugs home world and wipe them out and you know hoorah yes. let's and, go and have it and have it filmed live so everyone can view the glorious 
uh, might of the Federation. Right. And then they show up to Klendathu woefully unprepared and get their asses kicked and have to pull out and, and try again. And what that really reminded me of was essentially the entire experience that the United States had in the Vietnam War, how we yeah. sort of went in as, you know, big guns, big, powerful country, and then got our asses kicked by a technologically inferior foe because we didn't treat them as a competent threat. And yeah. I, given that sci-fi is often used to draw comparisons between real-life situations, this one really does draw those sorts of lines for me that it could be a commentary on the United States militarism. Um, another point that I could make about the the uh, racial uh, undertones that, that you were talking about earlier is, while you're right that there are a lot, and, and it surprised me in a good way that there were a lot of um, other ethnicities aside from just a whole bunch of burly white dudes in this movie, and a, a lot of women yeah. in the movie as well, which is great. If you look at our main characters, right, they're all white. Uh, which is funny because yes. um, Rico was Filipino in the in the books, but he's white in the movie. And yeah, which is really weird. <laughs> yes, and it, and if you look at Flight Command or um, uh, Neil Patrick Harris's division, who are definitely wearing Nazi outfits. Oh um, my god! Yeah, they are straight up wearing SS uniforms. They are straight up wearing SS uniforms. There, like, there's no there's no bandying about about that one. I, I no, was like just watching no. my dad because he's like. They look cute. They look, they're dressed like Nazis. And I burst out laughing. Like, I'm yep. like, holy shit, they do. And it kept cutting. He's like, see? And I'm like, oh my god, yes. What the hell? Yeah. What the hell? Yeah, no, they, they Paul Verhoeven, uh, if you look at the um, dress military uniforms from the mobile infantry, the pilot's uniform that uh, Carmen wears when she's like kind of a trainee, and of course, Carl's just games in theory, like colonel like ss uniform those are all based off of like the respective branches of the military from the third reich right right oh absolutely and of, of course it's trying to ape that it even has the eagle imagery in the federation's symbols and stuff like yeah. that um yeah but what i also wanted to say was if you look at the people who are like flying the ships in pilot school and the people who are like in politics or in uh neil patrick harris's division they're all white the only real place where we see a widespread diversity of skin tone is in the mobile infantry, which also implies some things about the stratification of their society uh, that most I, of them I, I, aren't I, able to get into those higher areas. I, I would like I would like to make a counterpoint. The after the failed invasion of Klendathu, the uh, the Sky Marshal steps down, and his replacement is a woman of color. Yes, I was actually about to get to that because that's the one other oh, okay. place where we see that happen is, okay. um, is yes, when he does step down, the new Sky Marshal is, uh, which might mean that they didn't, that that wasn't a point they intended to make and we just see more characters yeah. from the mobile infantry, which would be fair. So they might not have been yeah. in intentionally trying to make a point about that, but I just thought it would be interesting to bring up. Yeah, and um, kind of off topic, but in a lot of the sequels, we do see a bit more of like the command personnel, and it is a lot more diverse. Uh, wide, yeah, it, it's a lot more diverse. Like, not necessarily. Um, uh, actually, no, it is very much like diversity bo of both uh, race and gender. Like, and uh, one of the animated movies, it is, I believe, a Japanese woman. Uh, it's hard to tell uh, racial features in a animated sense because it's a, a weird kind of like CG kind of animation. Oh boy. Yeah. Um, when was it made? Yeah. So, like a 
few years ago. Oh, it's, okay. Su- it's surprisingly recent. Um, um, and that one, that one was actually really good, and it had um, a lot of the um, uh, voice cast of returning cast members from this movie, like Casper Van Dien reprises his role as Johnny Rico uh, in that, and a, a oh, few other funny. people as well. Yeah, um, like 20 years after this movie. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I'm Johnny Rico still. Um, <laughs> Can we talk about but, how um, raw some of the lines are in this movie? I would absolutely love to. Like, okay, look, I'm not going to say, again, I'm not going to say the writing's good because I don't think the writing overall is good. It has its good yeah. moments. I liked the, I kind, what, what, well, you I mean kind like of the, liked the, the, like the actual dot. You mean like the dialogue or like the actual way like the story was written? Uh, kind of both. Like, I, I like okay. the scene where Rico wakes wakes up in the not back to tank, and um, his friends run in and they hold up the KIA thing, and they're like, "Hey, you're dead!" Like they yeah. screwed up and listed you as dead when you weren't. Like that's funny and that works and that's good writing. But like, yeah, the the fact that Carmen fight like thinks he's dead and then realizes later he's not dead has no impact on anything else in the story. Yes! It's completely wasted writing, and I'm not sure why they did it. I literally, so, they, yeah. Oh my god! Sorry, I just want to talk about that scene because they pick they pick him up. Yeah, go for it. And uh, Xander is like, "Oh, by the way, your friend Rico's back there." And she's like, "What?" And you think she's gonna like? I thought she was gonna like. I don't know. Put it on autopilot or have Xander take the wheel and go and be like, "Oh my god, I thought you were dead." And she just turns around and he walks in. She's like, "I thought you were dead." He's like, "No, but a lot of my friends are." And then we just move right along. I'm like, "What?" Yeah, and then we stop caring. Like. Guy, what yeah. if, I will say this: If one of you, if I thought, if I thought either of you guys were dead, and then you weren't, I'd have like a bunch of questions and be like, "Oh my god, wow, great! I'm glad you're not dead." Like I would be a lot. <laughs> I was just like, "That's it," <laughs> and I even thought to like, "Is her friend gonna say?" Oh, by the way, uh, I think you should know your friend's alive. And I thought, and then he did, and I was like, "Oh, okay, like." Okay, cool. Just knock down that wall. Yeah, I mean, Xander may Xander may be the douche to end all douches, but he at least isn't. He's a not. Liar. <laughs> he was just. I, honestly, I don't think he's a bad guy. I think for ninety oh, percent of the movie, he's fine. He's like, supposed to be the douche, yeah. and especially in the beginning, because he's like flirting with Carmen. But Carmen's also obviously flirting with him. She's like, "Oh, you're a pilot. I'm gonna like. I don't know. They're just. She's not. I like she's being low key nice think Carmen and Rico are both bad people." Like I, think- I don't think either <laughs> of them are very good people. Oh, oh, okay, I can I can kind of under I can I can kind of understand Carmen because she literally has like a scene transition and a wardrobe change in her breakup email. Um, yes! So like she put a lot of she put a lot of planning <laughs> to that. But how how is Rico the bad guy? Well, he's not a bad guy, but he's one he gets. Uh, very possessive and worked up and puts her in that first conver- that conversation that they have when she's like leaving to go to pilot school and he like yeah. puts her in a position where she either has to lie to him or like break his heart when he's like what can you can you say uh you love me too once before you leave is basically what he asked her to do i'm like uh, what? Yeah. why would you ask somebody of that he ignores dizzy for 90 percent of the movie even though she's like obviously a better person for him like she, she, she's a better she, person than he deserves giving, i'll say that much she she's she straight up just gives me like the fuck me eyes like the yeah. like every time she looks at him in oh this my movie. god the whole movie and i don't know i did she for me was kind of in the beginning i thought was kind of the same as xander it was just i another character that i thought was going to affect our protagonist and then nope it never really comes to anything they just become friends and okay 
later the scene when they do have sex, I was like, okay. Yeah. So they just that scene's funny. Okay, I, that I whole scene. The yeah. that scene. <laughs> but Michael Ironside's reaction to that is like, who's in there with you? It's like, oh, it's Forrester. It's like, make it I twenty. Was like, what? It's like, <laughs> it's like <laughs> best commanding officer ever. <laughs> so uh, he got them beer. It was like a party. He got a beer, and he said, "And here's entertainment." And the entertainment were a couple of Nerf footballs, a few soccer balls, and a violin, which Jake. Yeah, Busey... no, not just a violin, like a plastic, like neon violin. Like Jake Busey immediately busts <laughs> out a. I okay. Th- this is this is kind of a weird thing that I, I kind of need to break down. He, he's playing a song played by Southern troops during the Civil War while uh, a black man is dancing with a white woman. I don't know how to break that down. <laughs> I, um, wow, yeah, I'm not touching that one. I'm um, just gonna let yeah, that... I didn't even notice I, I that. Do I, I didn't even notice that. Yeah, he, he, he's, playing, he's playing, like, I, I forget the name of the song, but it's like, like, uh, like, Daisy Duke or something. Like, not Daisy Duke, but it, it has some, like, weird, like, southern name but like the implications of that song it was it was a song played specifically by southern troops during the american civil war it's like is that a commentary on how far we come is it irony is it meant to be taken at face value i have no idea good dancing music (laughs) but like yeah it's like i have no fucking idea at this point yeah like even if there was more of a love triangle between uh johnny uh dizzy and Carmen I would have been fine it just seemed like he clearly is more into Carmen and that Carmen breaks up with him and then he's just whatever about it he's upset but then he kind of is just okay whatever we broke up and then uh yeah uh Dizzy's with him the whole time but she's she also is just like she more seems like in the beginning like like why don't why didn't we ever get together like I I'm supposed to feel bad for her but I don't because I don't know her. That's fair. And uh, you know, yeah. I, that's my thing about, I will say this, this didn't do it. I have seen love triangles where they go so over the top because they, they want me to feel bad about this, this per They want me to feel bad for this person, but this person's so irritating and difficult that why would I care? And she was, I didn't mind her as a character. I think I just, I did in the beginning like him and Carmen. So I was kind of like back off. Um, okay. But well, when they do, as they are getting closer, especially because Carmen and him broke up, um, that, first of all, they're dancing, and then Jake Busey comes up <laughs> really close to them and is like still playing the violin. <laughs> yeah, it's like, like mm-hmm. okay, so that might look like I'm really creepy, but like, here's my funny. thing. Here's how I yeah. viewed that is like he's been watching her make moony eyes at Rico for probably years at this point. And yeah. finally, they're dancing, and because Rico's too freaking stupid in his own head to re- like look at the woman in front of him. So this dude sees him dancing, and he's like, "Oh my god, fucking finally!" You know, like so that, that that's like, how I'm I gonna saw wingman anyway. the shit out of this. <laughs> yeah, no, he he's just like, "I'm gonna be the ultimate wingman." It's like, "I'm gonna serenade both of these two. <laughs> Can we actually? Sorry, we gotta talk about the time jumps because I didn't even realize there were time jumps. I thought. There, there was really only, like, one time jump. It, it begins in the middle of, like, the failed invasion of Klondathu, and then jumps back a year, and then it just kind of, like, goes through the training up until Klondathu, and then from the present onward. Yeah, well, I It just... goes through the training up until Klondathu, but obviously, like, there's 
a period of time when he rejoins and does more stuff like and obviously we're we're moving through time while he's training but we're not told exactly how much time has passed and there's no well, indication of that the, the 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 only time that's like really passed between like the invasion and clandathu and the rest of the movie is him being in that the stasis pod and like both dizzy and a show i was like hey you're gonna be in here for three more days like that's really like the only like well significant time jump and i don't as think well, that's uh, true aside though. from like the t- well aside from like the time jump in the like the year long like him being in the military it, it's just like that whole period is just supposed to because be because you have a you have them get reassigned essentially because their whole unit was destroyed but obviously the um his teacher right who pulled it? Who pulled him out of the yes. fire? It's implied yeah. has been on uh, m- more missions <laughs> since then, and obviously the bugs have been more active too because that place he was going to go on vacation isn't there anymore. Um, yeah, uh, Zegama Beach. <laughs> yeah, I, right? I, gotta say, I do like, love that part. You're not. I'm yeah. doing the mobile infantry. No, you're going on vacation in the beginning. <laughs> yeah, like um, dumb line. So, so <laughs> I, I, I'd actually like to. Uh, kind of go back to the characters um and talk about one of my favorites because you just kind of brought him up aaron uh michael fucking ironside killed it in this movie as rashak and the rashak roughnecks i loved his character from beginning as him just being like the high school teacher to being like this badass competent a military leader and he even when he says like probably like the dumbest line in this movie of they sucked his brains out he says it with such conviction and so like it's menacing it's like it still doesn't work but he does the best he could with it yeah i like him a lot he makes the dumbest line in the movie sound cool (laughs) he was one of the best characters (laughs) i will agree with that yes I just yeah, I yeah, thought him, it was him and Clancy Brown. The yes, uh, the the first time I watched this, it totally threw me off because he just like shows up and is a soldier now, and I was like, what the f- what? Um, but the second time I watched it, I was I was like, okay, I can kind of see where they were coming from here, and t- you're right that his performance, like as the the lieutenant, is great, and he basically does that character the 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 justice that it that that character deserves, right? Um, yeah, and he gets a lot of really good lines too. Um, yeah. So just like, all right, I have I have one rule for you new people. Everybody fights. No one quits. You don't do your job, I'll shoot you myself. Or the Jeez. See there the, is um Come on, you apes, you wanna live forever? No, the the part where he's like, You're you're sergeant until you die or I find somebody better. Like Yeah. <laughs> that's is, very uh, Vietnam, just, by the he, way. He, he has like he has like some of like the best lines in this movie and it just gets to a point where like Rico just starts using his lines like they're his own. It's like, dude, you fucking stole that. Well, nobody's left in the unit to call to call him on it. So. I, I, I know. I also want to point out like in like the short time that uh Rico, Dizzy, and A's are like a part of the roughnecks, Rico on one mission goes through three military battlefield promotions because his superiors ahead of him keep dying. He becomes first lieutenant, then he becomes second in command, and then he becomes leader of the Roughnecks because he has to do a mercy killing on on uh, Michael Ironside. Well, he became the acting leader. Out. It's not until uh, Neil Patrick Harris gives him the position that he actually got the position. Yeah. Otherwise, he probably would have gone back to so- being second in command. They would have brought in more command staff. So but, Clancy Brown um, I know, but just is the below fact that him? By the yeah, end, uh, Clancy Brown is yeah. Ba- basically, the way that that's set up is that he's like their like drill sergeant in training, and also him training was just fantastic. Uh, yeah, Clancy it's pretty Brown's good. Like, it's pretty good. Put, 
put your hand on that wall. It's like, sir, I don't understand. Why do we have to use throwing knives when all we have to do is push a button and nuke them? It's like, put your hand on that wall. Throws the knife, sticks Jake Busey's hand to the wall. It's like, the enemy cannot push a button if you disable his hand. Like, so good. Our, that's See, a solid fucking reason. Well, like, that's just yeah. army machi- like army machissimo at its finest. Yeah. yeah. Um, also, I kind of want to uh, point out a fact in their training is that throughout their entire training, they're training how to like hand-to-hand combat against human opponents. They're throwing knives, and they even say it's like, oh, if you disable your opponent's hand, they can't push a button. And the targets that they're shooting at when um, when Rico's in, in command and one of the his soldiers like dies on his watch, the targets that they're shooting at are human targets. So that kind of brings into the question of why aren't they training these soldiers how to fight bugs? Well, the war hadn't started yet at that point. I know, but they, they, the Federation had kind of been kind of gearing up to that point of like a inevitable, like confrontation between them. So the fact that they're fighting or going over like tactics to fight and disable or kill like human combatants seems kind of counterproductive for a war that, is inevitably going to happen between the arachnids and the humans. Yeah. Um, yeah. You would think that they would have at least had like arachnid dummies on the shooting range. Um, yeah, exactly. At the very least, like every army will, will go through hand to hand combat drills and practice with fighting human opponents because that's important stuff to know. But you would think if they yeah. were doing like actual target practice, maybe if they had practiced on arachnid opponents, they wouldn't have sucked so much at actually hitting the CGI, which did you notice like <laughs> a lot of the soldiers in cases will be pointing their guns just like up in the air just like nowhere near where it's like they yeah. weren't clear on what size the bug was gonna be yeah that that happened a few times but thankfully it kind of they're usually in the get, back gets mac yeah it, it kind of gets masked out a little bit because there's usually just a huge swarm of bugs like oh they're not shooting at the bug directly in front of them. they're shooting at the bullet 40 feet away it's like that makes sense they're at least shooting at something he's arcing the bullets guys See? Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah. also, I kind of want to point out a random uh, their like biology teacher when they're like dissecting like the bug when oh they're in high God! school. Uh, <laughs> I didn't realize it, but their biology teacher is Room McCallahan, who is a member of the Golden <laughs> Girls. I, saw, I did not know I that for the that, longest when time. When I saw that, I'm like, she looks really familiar. What? Who is this? And then I looked her up, and I'm like, oh my God! So it's Blanche. She's like the slut of the group. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, thank you for being my friend. She's, she's in the Golden Girls, really? <laughs> yeah, she's the, yeah. Yeah, she's Blanche. She's the slut. Good lord. I, d- I, I didn't even, realize I that at all. I don't even know that show. <laughs> but she's only in that one scene and she never comes back. Okay. Yeah. I it, think we're. It's it just really funny. <laughs> we're, I think we're getting to the, the end here. Um, yeah. Um, so, so kind of going back to the, the story of the progression throughout the bug war of them trying to track down uh, what they the military doesn't even realize that there's a brain bug of them trying to track that down and uh, do that. Their, their camp, military campaign going from disaster to uh, a random small victory of them capturing a brain bug. How did you guys kind of like... Uh, did did you find that entertaining? Did you find that kind of cheesy at face value of like the brain bug sucking the brains out of people? Like, what what, what was your kind of like take on that? 
I mean, uh, it was, it was, I didn't have any. <laughs> that's, that's the best reaction so I mean, far. There wasn't any, I, I'm like, oh, that's, that kind of sucks. And, uh, uh, pun unattended, but, um, uh, but uh, like the scene at the end where Xander's getting his like brain sucked out. Like I will say, I did like that scene where he's like, some, like one of these days, like someone like me is going to kill your whole damn species. Like I did think that whole was like, okay, what a line to go out on. I mean that, that whole ending bit is just, it's, uh, it just feels very predictable. It's not super well written. I think for most of it, like you have basically everything that you'd, expect somehow through very contrived circumstances um carmen ends up on the planet and through even more contrived circumstances rico somehow is able to determine where she is they that try and stupid. be like oh no, neil no, patrick no, no, harris no, 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 was no, able it, to it, use his mental magic to tell rico where she was but i'm like yeah, how why? did neil know so, where so, she was yeah exactly like so 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 hold, hold on hold on i i, I kind of wanted to point point that out of like the whole like the fact that psychics are a thing in this universe because we we, kind of glossed over that um so the fact that psychics exist and they are pretty much like promoted immediately to high levels in uh the government like neil patrick harris like doesn't really have like any military experience he's he's kind of like run of the mill in terms of like intelligence when we see his like math score it's like 60 something or something like that um and he's immediately promoted to like games and theory in military intelligence. And when we see him, he's a colonel in the military. So the fact that they the the military like idolizes and immediately like promotes psychics, and he even says like, "Oh, I can't control humans yet because he's able to control his pet ferret," makes makes me think that. So does the military like? just employ psychics into like federal service to control the masses holy shit well and he um and he he implies that he was able to control rico at the end or at least message rico with his mind and says it's classified so yeah there's that too yeah because so the fact that like he's able to like and i'm i'm assuming he's like close enough with like carmen and rico that he's able to like mentally like know where they are because he's that strong of psychic now because he's able to control that feels really contrived though but it is explained but that is fully explained in 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 the sequel and okay i'm going into sequels but no you don't you don't okay no so if it was if it came out before the movie then you could use it as an example but you can't use it as as justification in a sequel for something that happened in the existing movie but the fact that it exists within the same universe and in the same timeline, I feel like does make it somewhat justified. It does make it a little bit forced because it happened after this. But the fact that it does happen, I still like feel is a viable example. Right. Like if they justify it later, that's fine. That's understandable. But at the end of the day, when you're watching the movie, you're still going, OK, that doesn't make sense. And it, and it ruins your enjoyment. Right. And you're watching them in the order that they're supposed to be watched in. Yeah. OK. I, I see your point. So, like, I concede. I, I like, <laughs> I, I like that at the end you have the uh, the like drill sergeant who busts himself down to private to get into combat. Like that was funny, and yeah. I, I like that at the end of the day our three main characters are like, yeah, we're still friends, and that was we're just stupid. not going to talk about everybody who died along the way. Like it, it ends on a yep. very upbeat note for a movie where most of its characters die, and I feel like it ultimately sells the whole, you know fascist propaganda movie premise that it was yeah. trying to do 
because our three like poster children uh from each branch of the military had a crazy wild adventure and they all have three wildly successful careers <laughs> this movie hmm. was just so like 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 like, Car- like like Carmen like Carmen eventually becomes like commander of the Roger Young her own ship Johnny eventually becomes like a general in the mobile infantry and Carl is basically like head of military intelligence yeah everything's I, great for everybody it, I yeah it's like it's like join now and this could be you would you like to know more yeah, yeah that's what I'm saying so I I, I think yeah. the movie is trying to be smart and I think sometimes it succeeds but I don't know like what are your Kevin if you had to give like final thoughts on this movie as a whole what would what would you say uh, I, I would definitely say give this movie a watch. It's a lot more than what you can take at face value. Because at face value, it is a very tongue-in-cheek sci-fi action movie with plenty of action violence and a fair amount of like a love triangle drama that you would see something from like 90210 or something like that. Um, it <laughs> it keeps you invested in the characters long enough to root for them to get together and root against the arachnids because they are preventing any of these characters from potentially like becoming like a permanent item like uh, Rico and Dizzy you're you're rooting for them to stay together and against the arachnids because the arachnids are trying to kill them and prevent them from being together so I, I feel like that is a, a, a fair point for this movie um, I I very much recommend this especially over the two live action sequels which i do want to get into eventually because as as much as you guys don't really like this movie this is probably the best what did one you, you said this to me oh, once boy. and it makes me really want i do want to keep watching it because of what you told me about the third movie about how bad this movie okay, but, how bad that movie was oh, well okay, hold on okay, hold on before okay, we get sidetracked okay. can we sam do you want to give your final thoughts on this one um yeah. i mean if you want to watch it, fine. Uh, I, I agree. <laughs> there is a lot more layers than I really thought of because all I was really focusing on was the very weak story. Um, you, you, you were taking this movie yes, for face value. and I do agree. I do like the idea of it not being as black and white as the movie is trying to be. Like, I do like that idea of maybe there's... Because I, I was thinking, like, how are the bugs... why and how are the bugs trying to attack the human race is there something that we're unaware of on their end that we should know like i think on that the if you yeah if you if you go deeper i do think there is a lot more to this movie um and it's kind of either either it's well done that it doesn't go that direction or it's stupid that it doesn't go that direction i've never quite there's been a couple of movies that i haven't seen that I kind of now want to, because I remember people have said to me, like, or I've seen reviews where they're like, this is either a really good movie or a really bad movie. Like you can't really decide. This is one of those movies. Like I, I, it's, (laughs) there are a lot of things about it that are really smart and really like, wow, you really thought this through. And then there's a lot of things about it where I'm like, um, I don't really, I don't know. Yeah. This movie when when I was kind of like researching like a lot of like uh, uh, general information on this movie, um, a lot of critics, like film critics and like historians and like movie historians, 
are like very on the fence on whether or not this is a good movie or a smart movie or a bad movie or just everyone has a different take on this movie. Like there is no unifying, like solidified opinion on whether or not this is a good movie or a smart movie or a dumb movie. It's just kind of is what it is because this movie is pro fascist, but it does show all the flaws within a fascist society. And I, I I really think that your frame of mind going into this, this movie has uh, a lot to do with what you take away from it. I don't think it's for everyone. Um, I think that a lot of people are going to come in and see a dumb action movie that is way longer than it needs to be. And that, um, that's an understandable takeaway to have from this movie because yeah, absolutely. But if you come in looking at it as a satire, as here's all the ways we can poke fun at either our own society or at a uh, different one. And and that's kind of what sci-fi is for, right? Um, Yeah. It also, of course, draws influence from Star Wars, so I could see people viewing it as like a, a like Star Wars <laughs> knockoff type deal. Like, I think that's a fair criticism to level at it. There's a couple scenes where they're flying sh- ships around, like especially the first scene where she flies the little ship around the the larger ship, where it's like this is only in the movie because Star Wars exists. Oh. Like, <laughs> so there's stuff like that too. But I um I liked yeah. it. I don't know how many how many more times I would watch it. It's not something that I'm like, oh yeah, let's watch Starship Troopers. But <laughs> it it's it's fun in its own way. Um, and like, it's interesting. A Again, movie it's that I literally dot, 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 like, <laughs> like I like I literally like put this on. It's like, oh, we're gonna do a podcast on it. And as soon as I put it on, my dad came in and was like, oh, we're watching Starship Troopers. Sweet. <laughs> yeah, I, it, it's got a world that is well-developed and i think that's why it has a following if nothing else because whenever you have a world that's developed enough you get people who can imagine more scenarios in your world and once people start doing that that's when you get a following so it doesn't surprise me that it gets a following and that people really like it but i think that at the end of the day the amount of substance in this movie is really dependent on how much you're looking for in this movie yeah yeah it's pretty much there's something there if you look hard enough and that's one of the reasons why i enjoy watching this movie is because it seems like every time i watch it i notice a scene or a character or something that has some kind of interpretation that i never realized like the whole like jake Busey playing like a southern song while they're all celebrating like i didn't know that until i kind of looked more into it Uh of like oh why is he playing like this kind of like yankee doodle kind of song it's like oh that's a southern song that's kind of an odd choice to play but you do you jake um um so yeah that that's pretty much my my take on this movie and kind of going back to the sequels that um ah fuck uh (laughs) i so i told this story to, to Sam before. I don't know if I ever told you this, Aaron. Okay. But, um, <laughs> uh, I had so I had some friends in high school. Um, oh boy. Who very much enjoyed the the first Starship Troopers movie. Um, not not as much as I enjoyed, but they like it's like yeah, this is a fun movie. And the sequels, like at this point, they only had the two live action sequels. The second one is beyond forgettable. It, it it's not even really worth mentioning. Time it has almost nothing to do with the first movie at all has none of the original cast. It just is just following a random platoon 
at some point during the bug war. Okay. Doesn't matter when. So it's it like really an has of no Clone point. Wars, basically. Basically, it, it has, it has no that? impact on like. No, like yeah, there's yeah, no, nothing it, wrong with that, but that can be kind of no, forgettable. The, the, the second movie is literally just a filler episode. Yeah. It, it has no impact whatsoever. <laughs> um, okay, what about the third? You sound like you want to make a point here. <laughs> I yeah, the third movie. My my friends in high school hated the third movie so much that whenever they saw a copy, like a DVD copy in a store, they would buy it and then immediately take it to their home and then destroy it (laughs) office space style. Oh my God. They would just beat the living shit out of it. Okay. Then I guess, uh, I guess we'll have to see what this is all about. I mean, you know me, Kevin, I'll watch anything (laughs) once. Oh, God. <laughs> so yeah, the third. <laughs> oh my God, I I I've seen the third movie uh, a few times. Good and... Lord, Kevin, why <laughs> do you continually punish yourself? <laughs> it's not. It's not the the well. The funny thing is that I had never seen it before. They told me it's like, oh yeah, the movie shit. We literally just destroy every copy we come across. Like they hated this movie so much that they would spend their own money just to buy multiple copies and just like fucking burn them. <laughs> <laughs> in a barbecue in their backyard um but i remember watching the third movie and the third movie i don't think is that bad <laughs> oh good lord okay well if you want another like i've been relatively mellow this episode so if you want another episode yeah. of me screaming at my microphone yeah. for 30 minutes yeah so, we should probably okay, watch well, the third, we, okay 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 there's, there's just one thing i want to say about the third movie is that the third movie it does have a lot of the uh returning cast members so casper van dien uh comes back and like a few other characters i i think it's different actors but different characters or same characters but different actors okay which that's kind of that's kind of lame but they do kind of bring in one element in this from into that movie that i kind of wish that they kind of put into this movie and that is the inclusion of religious indoctrination okay Okay, so don't tell me anymore i don't i want to go into this one uh, uh blind the, yeah, and see the how fact it goes. That yeah. Your friends would buy copies and destroy it. Just makes me want to watch it even more. Yeah. Like, I, I, I kind of want to go over the second one as well yeah. because I, I do eventually kind of want to go over these in order. But like the second one is just okay. The second one had like a third of the budget of this one. Oh, and Lord. it shows. Yeah, and it's literally. I swear to God, it's literally a haunted house story. Le- Kevin, let me just platoon- ask you this. For either yeah. of these two movies, did they get ILM back? I have no idea. I don't think so. Because if the answer is no, I'm going to get real concerned. Uh, I, I don't... Okay. It's been a long time since I've seen either of the live-action se- uh, sequels. Um, but the... Okay, the, the main premise of the second what? one is a platoon of soldiers ends up in an abandoned facility surrounded by arachnids that basically they have it fenced off so like the arachnids can't get in. That's a clone what one. kind That's of fence did they like, use? It, it, it's, it's basically like a bug zapper fence, but apparently they've forgotten the first movie that the bugs can burrow underground. <laughs> so I guess... They forgot about that because that never is a problem in this movie or that they have flying bugs. So it's literally, they have like a 10 foot like electrical fence that is a bug zapper. Whenever an arachne gets too close, it just zaps them to death. Okay. Um, <laughs> and it's literally just a haunted house movie of like all these soldiers in like this abandoned facility trying to call for help because the radio is broken 
and there's some like weird invasion of the body snatcher shit going on. Huh. Well, and then the third one, which I'm not telling you anymore about that one. In conclusion, (laughs) on uh, the first movie. Well, we got kind of getting sidetracked here. So, in conclusion, yeah, sorry, on, the first, just... on the first movie, I think the one, the biggest impression I got from it was just uh, Star Trek is what I'd like mankind's future to be like. But <laughs> the Federation from this movie is what's far more likely to happen. You know what? Okay. Uh, Fair on point. That note, everybody get out and vote. <laughs> Register to vote. Um... <laughs> Would you like to know more? Would you like to know? <laughs> Oh, oh boy. Damn. Oh boy. All right. Uh so remember to uh like, share, subscribe, follow us on YouTube, Spotify, uh listen to our podcast. Um <laughs> well, if yeah. you would like to listen to <laughs> any more of our insane ramblings about Starship Troopers. Listen it, more we we got there's 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 four more starship troopers movies so maybe we'll if, get to if, them uh, who knows you enjoyed aaron well if, you, if this is the movie if this is the episode where you decided to join and you really loved aaron then maybe we'll listen to space jam because that's I, that's I, the I other was, one i was on i was like i, I was crying uh, you flipped your <laughs> shit so hard in that <laughs> episode I, I will not apologize that movie <laughs> no. deserved every word that no, I spoke don't. it was so I was editing that episode and I was you spoke and I the was truth. <laughs> crying laughing while editing at the outrage and the pain that you were in over Space Jam. Yeah. Uh, you I know, I, I cannot I'm wait to hear that level of No, I, I cannot wait to hear that level of emotion and passion about the Starship Trooper sequels, because boy oh boy, you are in for a ride. Oh, Can't wait. Stop it. You've already you <laughs> you got me at you got me at my friends would buy copies and just to destroy it. So <laughs> like <laughs> Yes. <laughs> oh. I know for normal people Fuck. that's I feel like I, a key, that's a clue to not watch a movie, but yeah. Oh, yeah. No, these guys were like not like yeah. film majors or anything. These were just like average guys that just like enjoyed action movies. Like their favorite movie was Expendables <laughs> Three. There's only their worst favorite. So that... There's four. There's, yeah, I know. Like, I think maybe four movies in this world that pained me in such a way that I would consider destroying Office Space style. At least two of them I would definitely destroy Office Space style, and at two of them I'm okay. Still well. <laughs> We'll, I, we'll have to watch I, them again, I, Sam, and, and hear your thoughts. I, I, I think, Kevin, you can guess at least I, I one have of those two, movies that pained me. I, I, have, I have two, and I know for a fact you guys know one of them. Yeah, we should watch <laughs> that yes, one, Kevin. I do want to watch that movie. If we ever watch that for this podcast, we are going to have to put an age restriction on that episode. I'm not joking. <laughs> well, I, I mean... I'm, I'm not going to hold back on that explicit. episode. And that means they're swearing. I I know. I'm just okay. Yeah. No. I'm just. I'm just. I'm giving you fair warning. If we do that <laughs> fucking episode for that movie. All right, guys. So thanks. I'm thanks not, for watching. I'm not back. We're happy to have you. And next episode is going to be Satan's little helper. <laughs> I hate you. No. <laughs> <laughs>